Welcome to Cooperville. Do you know what's fun to do in Cooperville? Pack up your shit and get the fuck out. Listen. www.welcometocooperville.com <laughs> Who the fuck says www anymore? I can't even say it. www. <laughs> Stop that. The Welcome to Cooperville podcast. On demand anywhere quality podcasts are available. And some places where cheap podcasts are available. And the local gas station has some. Subscribe. Get updates. Feel better about your life. Welcome to Cooperville.com. Welcome to Cooperville. Make sure you use a coaster. The wife gets upset when we leave rings on the tables. Ever watch Back to the Future Part 2? That was the one where Doc and Marty... It it continues off with the first one. So at the end of Back to the Future 1, Doc flies back in, and then they go, to be continued, that that part. Uh, So Back to the Future 2... They go back, they go to the future, so young Marty is in the same time realm as his older self. So he is a parent, uh, he's married to Jennifer, all that shit. So, okay, so that's that's the synopsis of Back to the Future Part 2. Uh, there is a scene in that movie where the elder McFly, I shouldn't say elder, it's, it's the same guy, he's just himself in, in 20 years later or whatever. He is doing some shady dealings with uh, with Needles. Needles was played by Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, which I guess ties in because I'd spent 20 years of my life in rock radio, and the chilies were a big part of that, uh, especially in the early years. So there's a scene where Marty Sr. and Needles are doing some shady transaction in a futuristic way. Here's my key card. Scan it. I'm in. I'm not sure what they're doing. They're, they're probably shaving money off the top or something. I don't know. But it turns out he's being monitored by his boss. Seconds later, after the transaction is done, his boss jumps on the big screen and is like, McFly, you are terminated. And then a bunch of faxes come through because apparently when they did Back to the Future back in the 80s, they thought the future was going to be fax machines. I'm a fax you. Let me fax you this. And there's a fax machine like printing out of every room in the house that says you're fired. So I got fired, long story short, but it always, I, I reference back to that particular part of, of Back to the Future because that's how I felt when when I got let go uh, uh, about a month ago. Sorry, we're drinking. What are we drinking today? Uh, Simcoe and Mosaic Hazy Pale Ale from the Brewing Project, brewed right here in the great city of Eau Claire, Wisconsin. So got fired and spent a couple of days like just trying to reel in exactly what to do afterwards. And that involved several things, uh, brown liquor and, uh, and time, because you need time to establish what your next step is going to be after you spend basically 20 years of your life. I'm almost 40. So for the last 20 years of my life, I've been doing radio. I've been on the radio. I've been talking on the radio since I was 19 years old. Again, almost 40. And you have to readjust. You have to, what do they call it in friends? Pivot. You got to pivot. So we pivoted, and this is the Welcome to Cooperville podcast. This is episode number one. So happy you guys are checking this out. Again, it's available on all uh, platforms. We're on um, on the Apple Podcast app. We're on Google Podcast, Stitcher, uh, Spotify. We're doing it all. We're we're everywhere. And also, if you go to welcometocooperville.com, which my my good friend Steve Stone, thank thank you Steve Stone for cutting our intro. Um, I've known Steve since I was uh, since I was 19 because he was the voice guy for the first station I ever worked for, 
And now he's like, he's big. He's famous. He does his stuff for, um, uh, for Fox Sports and Fox Sports Wisconsin, Fox Sports North. Uh, so thank you to Steve uh, for the intro. But um, so this is the podcast, and it's it's really going to be a lot of just chatter, just conversation, just talking to uh, sometimes myself, as in the, the current status, and also uh, talking to people, talking to uh, people from our community, people from business, people from the rock. Obviously, the rock genre is something I worked in for the majority of those 20 years in radio. Uh, so there's going to be a lot of conversations going on uh, throughout this podcast. Every single week, you'll be able to uh, check out a new episode. And the great part about podcasts is that it's all available at your convenience, at your leisure. Whenever you need to hear it, whenever you want to hear it, if you want to listen to it for a while and you want to stop and pick it up later, that is absolutely something that you can do. So this is the Welcome to Cooperville podcast, covering all sorts of topics. Obviously, we've covered movies because I opened with a reference to Back to the Future 2, which may have been... The worst of the three. No, 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 no. Three was probably the worst. I I, I, I digress. Three was probably the worst. But everything, uh, movies, TV, sports, politics, anything going on in social media, parenting, marriage, all the stuff that is just going on in life because it's kind of a screwed up sitch right now. And now I have, much to the chagrin of my former employees, I have a platform now to uh, to really open form it, uh, long form conversations and interviews, all that stuff. Uh, it's all going to be coming up. This is the Welcome to Cooperville podcast. Bobby Kraft. Oh, Bob. Oh, Robert. Oh, owner of the most successful franchise in modern day football. The fuck were you thinking, dude? For real. For those of you who don't know who Robert Kraft is, he's the owner of the New England Patriots. New England Patriots, by the way, happen to be my wife's favorite football team, so therefore... I believe the hashtag is what married into it. I think that's right. Busted in a prostitution sting operation. Of course, pleading not guilty. Two counts. Happened right before the Kansas City Chiefs game uh, back in January. Went in not once, twice. Back-to-back days. First time, little kiss on the junk. Second time, the full-on happy ending. 77 years old with a net worth of $6.6 billion. That's billion with a B. So if you're worth $6.6 billion, very much in the public eye, what the fuck are you doing in Jupiter, Florida, at the Orchids of Asia, which was in a fucking strip mall in Jupiter, Florida, flopping down cash, so I'm guessing it can't be traced, to get a BJ, okay? It seems like there's got to be an easier way, a smarter way, perhaps. You and I, we have no idea how that level of human being lives. We'd love to, but we don't want to. Something that cannot be comprehended by our simpleton brains. Yes, he should not have been getting a little hum-hum on the ding-dong. But when you're worth $6.6 billion and you're running out of fucking fingers to keep your Super Bowl rings on, you can afford to get a fucking blowjob in a much better, safer environment. There's likely thousands of ladies and dudes in South Boston who would do it for fucking free, without question. But in football terms, that's the other side of the coin. In football terms, that's how the Patriots win, okay? They overcome Spygate, Deflategate. Killer tight ends, jewel suspension, Tom Brady suspension. They overcome, and they win. They win Super Bowls. That's what the Patriots do. Challenge, overcome. They're just better under pressure than anybody else. There's not a question about that. If you question that, then you're just a hater, which to each their own. Haters going to hate. What's the fine? I read somewhere the fine is like 500 bucks. It's the fine for solicitation in Florida. So you pay the $500 fine, and basically he'll, he'll, he'll get a fine by the league. But really, like, million-dollar fine, okay. 
and by the time the season starts, it'll all be forgotten about. Another funny anecdote from this whole story is, so Jupiter, Florida, there's a lot of lot of professional golfers that live in Jupiter, Florida. So this story breaks. Uh, this undercover sting had been going on for quite some time. So the story breaks, and I think it was Schefter, it was Adam Schefter from, uh, from ESPN, is <laughs> like, Jupiter, Florida, home of Tiger Woods. Like just to, not that Tiger was involved at all or there was any indication that Tiger Woods was on the list of all the people that had been busted as part of this sting operation. <laughs> just just to reference back, like, hey, Tiger Woods lives in Jupiter, Florida. We're just going to throw that out there just in case it sticks. I believe he later retracted that statement saying there was no correlation between the fact that Tiger lives in Jupiter, Florida, and this sexting operation also happened there. But I found it funny. And it made me want to go golfing. Weird. I mean, it does. And then I look outside and realize that, uh, that there's 14 fucking feet of snow outside. So that is not going to happen anytime soon. Anyway. This chair is comfortable. I like this chair. Probably like Bob Craft's massage table, only upright. And I have pants on, you know, for this episode. Uh, final thought. I don't give a fuck about who is hobbing on Bob Craft's knob. I don't. I don't care. Doesn't bother me one bit. This was obviously a part of a huge prostitution and trafficking sting, and that shit needs to stop. Bobby found his way into that mess, but I guess if you're looking for a silver lining, because of his involvement, like it or not, uh, this story made some national news and hopefully you know, spark some more attention on a, a huge fucking issue in this country with trafficking. Speaking of weird ass shit, the fuck is this Momo stuff about? Momo, real, fake, creepy as fuck, doesn't really matter. You know, as a parent, you do have to monitor what your kids are doing online. You do. And our child is like freakishly addicted to the internet. Okay. YouTube, Instagram, addicted. And there's been some points where I'm like, man, I really need to keep a closer eye on this stuff. But, um, it's a different day and age, you know? We're living in such a different time right now. I've always, I've, I've talked about this with a ton of people. The way we parent is, is kind of a, a mixed mess of how our parents parented us and our spouse's parents parented them. And, and that's obviously handed down from how their parents parented them and so on and so forth as you go back. But it, just look at how quickly this generation who's growing up right now is being parented right now, how quickly the access to technology is changing. I mean, I got into an argument the other day between my robot servants, seriously, like, hey, Alexa, and hey, Siri, and they, they started, yeah, yeah, see, she's already yelling at me. This is the age of technology that we're living in. Kids are just so influenced by it and addicted to it, but it's right there, and it's going to be there, and it's going to be so much different in five years and in 10 years and stuff, so you kind of got to let them into that world, but I understand the fact of being proactive and watching what they're doing because it can have an effect on their brains, obviously. But this Momo thing that was dropping online, and it was one lady that I saw on, uh, I think, David Muir, ABC, I'm not sure, one of the news platforms. And, you know, he comes out a warning, a stern warning from one parent to another. Check out this story about this creepy fucker that's jumping on in the middle of your kids' YouTube videos and telling them to do bad things to themselves. And, and, and you're like, and nobody can figure out where this is coming from. And nobody is really can put A to B to C to track down the IP address of the asshole that's trying to do this. Okay. It's, you know, and the, and the guy that created it over in Japan as some sort of weird art piece, you know, he's like, Oh, I don't know. I'm not sure what's going on here. So it turns out to be a hoax. It's basically a hoax. Don't, 
worry about what you're reading on as you scroll down through your social media feed about people saying that it's not because it fucking is. Now, that's not to say that some asshole out there is not going to take this and turn it into a real thing, which you should have your eyes on. But the original fact of it, that this Momo character was sending you messages on the WhatsApp and jumping into the middle of YouTube kids' videos or watching fucking Peppa Pig. Hate that bitch. And this creepy-ass face is jumping up. And there was, no, there was another one, like, last night I saw uh, some kid called 911 because this Momo character jumped on in the middle of his fucking cartoon watching. And they had a nice reunion between, like, the kid who called 911 and the 911 operator who had said, it's going to be okay, it's not real. Because it's not fucking real, okay? It's not. I have a hard time in going and trusting parents because everybody wants attention. Everybody wants to have somehow, some way, their story, their face, their child, their disaster of a home end up on the news. I'm not sure if it's then you get a book deal or then you're on, you're getting paid to do interviews or your story goes viral and, and all of a sudden you get some accolades for that. I don't know, you want to become an influencer or something. I'm not sure what the reason is for it. But I'm serious. Maybe it is just the fact that I am very cynical when I see parents on the news little worse for wear. Like, it's never the good-looking people. And I'm not a good-looking person, but I'm just saying, it's never the good-looking people who end up on the news and like, oh, my kid, and he was, you know, saw this Momo character. No, it's like some homely motherfucker they found in the woods somewhere. But now their story's out. Now they've started something. And it just bothers me. So, what I want you to do is take this Momo thing for the exact grain of salt that it actually is. Monitor what your kids are watching. Check in on it once in a while. Go check their history if they're my kid's age, you know, and that eight, nine-year-old, they probably haven't figured out the clear history button yet. Just keep an eye on it and ask them, you know, have open dialogue. It's the first thing I said when I saw this on the news. I went into my son's room and he was, of course, on fucking YouTube at the time. And I'm like, hey, do you know who Momo is? He's like, who? I'm like, oh, that answered my question. Because I knew if I had said it and he knew it, I would have been able to tell. But alas, he has no fucking clue because it's not real. But again... It's been proven not to be anything more than a creepy-ass image created by some guy who has since destroyed it so all the children can rest easy. I believe he said that. Children rest easy. The monster has been destroyed. So parents, don't go all Tide Pod on this. Or let this desperately seeking attention and notoriety parenthood, don't let that on the news cloud your judgment. You let Jameson or Proper 12 cloud that shit. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Now, speaking of kids, we had a talk with ours last night. Uh, he is... Really into like smoke detectors and fire alarms right now, like obsession. And he's had that kind of trait for a very long time. Like he'll get into something for a while. It was really cool because he was doing Lego Dimensions, which is a video game for uh, like Xbox 360. So he was playing this game involved Legos. And then that game introduced him to like some of the great movies from the 80s. One I referenced earlier in the podcast, the Back to the Future series. He got into A-Team and Ghostbusters and he was like balls to the wall on all of those old classic 80s movies. And so we were, you know, getting him 18 vans and finding stuff on eBay from Ghostbusters. Uh, his new obsession now, though, is like fire alarms. And not necessarily the ones that you have in your home, but he will definitely, for a fee, come to your house and make sure that your smoke detectors and your carbon monoxide detectors are up to standards and are current enough that they don't need to be replaced. Trust me, I know we've done this in every smoke detector and carbon monoxide detector in our house. 
but he's also into the things that you see like in in big buildings. We walk into the school and there's a, there's a control panel uh, in one of the walkways and he can name off all the different pieces of equipment that are in there. Like, oh, this is this controls this, this controls that. And he's finding all these things on eBay. And the other day he had found some sort of flash bulb thing. Uh, that attaches to the smoke detector, to the pull station, which if he put it all together, he could pull it, the alarm would sound, and then this little strobe light would go off. Asking price on eBay, $550. To which he asked if we would get it for him, and I said no. My wife said no. We're like, no, you're, you're crazy. If you want it, develop a plan to earn some money, whether that's through doing chores and getting an allowance or think of some other ways, and then come back and we'll, we'll negotiate. Well, he didn't want any part of that at the time. So the conversation came up again the other night uh, about him wanting this $550 uh, piece of fire alarm equipment. I don't even know what it is. He could name it off. It's like the M4182LS. He's going to listen to this and call me out be like, no, 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 it's not the LS. It's the L4. Whatever. When we talked to him about it, at this point, he had a eight-year-old boy meltdown. Because we really reiterated the fact that, no, we're not just going to buy this for you because you want it. Now, if you want to sit down and have an adult conversation, we'll talk about a plan we could put together and come up with some ideas and, you know, help you get to your goal of getting $550. After he finally calmed down, we were able to have a real conversation with him, which is really cool. I think it uh, in the long run of things, uh, this will benefit him immensely. We talked about, okay, let's set up a plan of chores that you do every single week. Mom and dad will sit down and we'll come up with the things that you can do every day and things that you can do once or twice a week. And, and we'll set a price amount that we're going to, you know, reward you as an allowance for doing these chores. And then we started exploring other ways for him to come into some money. I said, you know, back when I was younger, I used to go around and collect aluminum cans. Now my, my family, at, <laughs> my family had enough aluminum cans on their own you know, to probably have a small fortune by now had we continued the trend of every other week bringing the cans to the recycling place and getting money for them. So I took those cans and I went out to other places and got aluminum cans, put them all together, and I think we did a 50-50 split of the cash in. So I suggested that. Um, you know, we looked up the price of aluminum. You know, we Googled that. We GTSed, Googled that shit, found out the price of aluminum and we kind of started doing some things like, Hey, you can, you can call your aunts and your uncles and your cousins and, you know, maybe talk to the people at school. If they have cans that they, you know, they want to donate to your cause. There's one thing to do. And I referenced uh, my boy, Gary V who I've been listening to a lot of lately. Thank God for Gary Vaynerchuk coming into my life at the time he did after getting fired and trying to find this new direction with, uh, with this podcast and with this company. I said, you know, you have, 8.7 million Matchbox cars, which is an exaggeration. And he knows when I'm exaggerating. But I said, I, I bet you have some. Gary V will go to thrift sales and find Matchbox cars and wheel and deal for a bunch of Matchbox cars, go through back, back out to his vehicle and be like, yeah, I just, you know, quadrupled the price I paid for this, for this one vehicle. And I said, there, you've got so many things. You know, if you go through all the crap that you have accumulated over the last eight years of life, which is a lot. I bet there's things in there that you probably don't want anymore, but I bet you could find somebody who'd be interested in it. I kind of got him into the hustle game, which I think is twofold. It helped out in, in the sense of the fact that he will learn that if he wants something to set a goal of a, a, a amount of money he wants to raise or something he wants to buy or something he wants to achieve, he knows that incrementally speaking, he can build himself up and find ways to achieve that goal. And also, we had this conversation uh, with him on the way to school the next morning is I said, 
hey, you know how we're talking about money last night and, you know, adding all these things up. And if you're getting this amount for allowance and you're getting this amount for, you know, some, you know, your aluminum can recycling program that you're going to start and you're getting this much for some of the toys that you want. And, you know, maybe you're helping out with the neighbors and shoveling, you know, when the next snow storm happens, which I think is in a couple of hours. Do you know what that all boils down to? Math. So what I'm hoping happens here is he goes in uh, with a renewed faith in learning math. Now, not the algebra stuff and all that crap that he's going to learn later on. And maybe not necessarily the math part of it, but at least the figuring out the full functionality of a calculator. Because it reminds me of when I was in school and all the teachers used to tell us, well, you're never going to be carrying around a calculator. Well, in this day and age, guess what? Everybody has a calculator and a camera and access to the answer to any question ever posed in the history of mankind to date. And it continues to grow. So embrace technology, youngsters. Embrace it. And I'm also proud because I think we're raising a little hustler. Proud parenting moment. All right, guys, I just want to say thank you so much for listening to episode one of the Welcome to Cooperville podcast. means the world to me that you took time out to engage with what we are doing on here. We are all over the social medias. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. So go ahead and give us a follow. And of course, the website to stay up to date with uh, everything the podcast is doing and what I'm doing, welcome to Cooperville.com. Subscribe to the email newsletter. Going to be sending those out on a monthly basis with uh, insight, tidbits, deals and more welcome to cooperville.com i'm going to leave you with this today if you're looking for something to help you feel better about your life i'm not trying to pitch you some pyramid scheme or some magical patch that's going to make you actually physically feel better but if you just want perspective if you want to wake up every morning and put your life into perspective may i recommend on your instagram go and follow i am the swim reaper who may have the best profile bio on instagram just love and life lol nah jokes Looking to reap some peeps this summer? If you're going to make dumb decisions in the water, I'll be waiting. Holla. There you go. That'll make your life feel better. Thank you so much. Episode 2 coming up next week. Going to have Phil Norvold, my buddy from Maxville Off-Road and Manufacturing, joining the program, talking about Epic Willie's Adventure and more. That's coming up in Episode 2. Until then, peace! <laughs>